0: Three words the Passion Translation says that describe the greedy. Shout, I'm greedy. greedy. Shout, I want more. I can't live without more. I have to have more. I refuse to be refused. I deny to be denied. What I have of Jesus today, I refuse to have that amount tomorrow. The revelation I have now, I refuse to be squandered. I must have more. I must have more of his presence, more of his power, more of his passion, more of his desire, more of his heart, more of his mind, more of his strength more of his peace I cry give give the horse leech cries give me more I want more church not less I want more prayer meetings, not fewer. I want more prophecy, not less. I have to have more revelation. What I had yesterday is no good. I've got to have more fire. I'm not just gonna fan yesterday's blackened embers. I've got to have more. I gotta have more church, more worship, more praise more preaching, more prophetic utterances. There are some things that are never satisfied. Do you think Pastor Troy is satisfied with 10,000 rescues? Do you think he wants more now than when he got his first one? Do you? You want more altar time? You want more anointed vessels to lay hands on you? You want more of what hell put in your life, out of your life, and more of what heaven? You want the presence of God in your house? You want it in your car? You want it in your barn? Do you want to walk every day 24-7 in the radiance and the glory of His perfect person? Do you want the glory, the manifested tangibility of God to be waiting on you when your eyes come open in the morning and to greet you at the break of day, shout, I've got to have more. never satisfied. I hope the next time Pastor Troy ministers a word up here, y'all pick up chairs and throw at him when he even thinks about quitting. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where's our passion? Where's our zeal? Where's our energy? My goodness, some of y'all are the oldest 28 years old in the world. Drink some Red Bull, man, at least fake it. Well, you're condemning me, oh dear heart. Far be it from me to make trouble. I'm just here to please you. I'm just here to make you happy about your misery. Pastor Troy's dad, when he walked off the platform, used to say, Fooled him again, boy. Is that what we're doing? Is this entertainment? Is this a stage? Is this a sanctuary? Or is this a platform and this a tabernacle? Am I talking to the right folks? Did I come on the wrong night? The problem is we don't understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. Now we don't, we don't say, or, Pastor, that convicts my heart. Thank you. We say, you condemned me and you offend me. I'm offended that you're offended. Stop it. Whom God loves, he chastens. You should never tweet this. You should never have an encounter with the Holy Spirit that something in you doesn't die. Well, Pastor Ron, I mean, You know, you're preaching a repentance gospel. A what? A what? How did you get born again without dying somewhere in between? And if the life of Christ is supposed to be being exalted and glorified and growing in your life, then the death to self is a never-ending process too. Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. I want more. I can't live unless you bless me. I refuse to let anybody in my church outpraise me. I refuse to let anybody in my church win more souls than me. 82% of all claiming to be born again, Christians will live their entire life and never bring one person to Christ. How is that possible? Uh, Pastor Rod, I prophesy, I speak with other tongues. Shundai, to tie my boat tie. Take a ride in my Honda. You're full of the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, watch me speak in other tongues. And after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me, next door in your neighborhood, in your nation and throughout the world. This is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Souls, because it's not all about you, it's about the one. Somebody in here is going to get the spirit of a horse leech and you are going to be wrecked. You are going to absolutely be wrecked by the Holy Ghost of God. You're not gonna fast as a form of dieting. You're gonna fast because you forgot to eat, because your alarm didn't wake you up, because you've been up all night seeking the face of God. For he is saying unto you, seek my face and somebody is gonna respond thy face, oh God. Will I seek? your only satisfaction should be your dissatisfaction with the amount of god flowing into and out of your life the great prophet leonard ravenhill made a statement in 1969 that that haunts me he said rod i doubt that even 5% of professing Christians are even born again. So the question becomes, were you born again or did you make a decision? Can I walk you through it? You go to Jack in the Box. We don't have those in Ohio. That's why I talk about them when I'm here. <laughs> so you pull in, and you say, i uh, looking at the menu. That's kind of what church has become, a menu. You went, Jesus, this is Jimmy. Let me tell you what I want you to give me. How much of your prayer life surrounds others and how much of it surrounds you? I don't like for people to talk to me like this. You would if you were a horse leech, because you would really know that everything you get rid of, he fills with more of, the, more of him and more of his presence and more of his power and. More of his prophetic unction and more of his joy and more of his strength and more of his ability and more of his acceptance and more of his authority and more of his anointing. I want more. I want more. I have to have more. I want more dreams. Dreams are the language of heaven. You know that, right? God communicates through dreams. Why aren't you dreaming? Right? I mean, you might dream about the Dirty Housewives of Dallas or whatever it is. I don't know. Or Netflix. I'm not against recreation, I'm against idolatry. Anything that you think you have to have more of than Jesus, that's an idol. If you have to have more recreation than Jesus, that's an idol. I thought I was talking to believers. If you have Well now, Brother Rod, God called me to to be happy. You can't show me that in the Bible. God didn't call you to be happy, he called you to be holy. You don't like preaching like this. That's, I think that's why you got me separated. I'm 65, but I believe I can jump down there and get right out there where you are. I love you so much. But God, give us preachers again. Give us prophets instead of people-pleasing puppets. We've got to hear your word. We refuse to not hear your word. God is raising up a revolutionary remnant of resurrected, revenant, revivalists, and if you want to be one, shout now. back from the dead. I want you to shout because your adversary is about to encounter a God with whom he cannot contend. Shout because he can't fence him in. He can't keep him out. He can't stop you. He can't block you. He can't deny you. The horse leech has two daughters. They cry, give, give. You with me? Now watch this. Watch this. Here are four things that are never satisfied. And when you invite me back for four nights, I'll preach on each one. I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. Some of you are looking at pastor like, you better not even think about that. Number one, the grave. This is the wisest man that ever lived. He said the grave is never satisfied. How many of you are aware that the death rate among human persons Remain stubborn at one hundred percent. Look at your neighbor; and say you're not getting out of here alive, unless you go in the rapture, which you may, before we get out of this building. If if somebody would unlace these shoes, I think I could be raptured right now. <laughs> I know when Jesus is coming. Oh, now, Brother Rod, please. I know exactly when he's coming. I mean, you can read, can't you? Right? Well, he tells you when he's coming. I didn't say the day and the hour. I know the season. I truly believe one year he will come during tabernacles, but that's what I believe. Here's what I know. He's coming. And I know exactly when. When you don't think he is. Like right now. That's another sermon. The grave. The prophet said, I would to God that this one thing they would do they would for a moment consider the end of their days and life. Job said it this way, when I consider God, boy, this church, every time you walk out at night in that starlit heaven, if you're not considering God, something is up with you. I mean, Job. but watch, Job said, when I consider God, I fear him. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. And God said he is angry with the wicked every day, all day. How come nobody preaches that? How come nobody preaches that? The grave is never satisfied. You're going by that exit ramp. So are your children. So are your neighbors. So is every member of your family. So how do we pillow our head at night so easily? Why don't we have any burden? Burden. Jesus set me free from burden, brother. I would to God that he would place a burden on you that you couldn't lift your head up by reason of the weight of His presence upon you going into the smoke-filled quarters of the doomed and the damned and they're grappling over the lost, doomed, dying, desperate souls of hurting humanity because the grave's never satisfied. But there's another grave that's never satisfied. That's the one where you place the old you on It shows up daily. I die daily. There's a daily grave. There's that attitude. In the presence of God, that thing got slain. My envy, my tongue, my complaining, my ugly spirit, my harsh words, my quick temper anything that's not like the love of Jesus. I've got a grave for it. What else is never satisfied? Oh, a barren womb. Do you have one? Do you have one? I've never seen anything more uncomfortable than a woman who wants to conceive a child And it doesn't happen. The barren womb. How many barren wombs are here tonight? How many barren spiritual wombs that have never given birth to another born-again person in their entire Christian experience? What must that be like? I have no children. Here's why we have no children. When Zion travails, sons and daughters will be born. If you've ever been in a birthing room, excuse me, it ain't pretty. They're screaming. I've been there, shouting. My wife grabbed a hold of me and pulled me down in front of her. And she said, you did this to me? Don't you ever come near me again. But not long after that, her pain got eclipsed by her desire. And it was time to give birth again. Oh, I pray that God gives you a desire to bring sons and daughters into his kingdom, that he gives you the desire that you never come to church by yourself again, that there's somebody around you that God leads you to that won't be in that 70% that are never invited to church. I'm so proud of World Harvest Church. So far this year, we have personally invited face-to-face 110,000 people to church. And guess what, lots of them came. And guess what, 15,000 of them have been born again because somebody had a barren womb. Somebody said, I'm not going to bed with my children lost, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna bring them to church. I gotta hurry. Something else that's never satisfied a raging fire A raging fire, that's your heart set ablaze by the Holy Spirit. Revival doesn't come to a nation. Revival doesn't come to a church. Revival comes to a person. One single solitary person that truly got a hold of the spirit of revival could turn this entire church Upside down, Fort Worth upside down, spill over into Dallas. Don't shout me down just cause I'm preaching good, cause I'm talking to you and that makes it personal. It's not about us, it's about me. I wanna be a part of a relevant church. I ask everybody that says that, what does that mean? What does that mean, define your terms? Because here's what relevant means. Being connected to the issue. So how can we be connected to the issue if we don't know what the issue is? What the issue is, brother? It's two things, and two things only. Number one, the great command. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and every moment of every day in the morning when I wake up or when I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. Every moment. Secondly, the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel Now, don't be confused. That's just your story with Jesus as the main character. This is what he did for me. He'll do it for you. William Booth said the problem with the 20th century church will be that it has religion without the Holy Ghost. That it's Christianity without Christ. It's forgiveness without repentance. Somebody asked me not long ago, Pastor Rod, don't we ever stop repenting? I said, yes, when you stop sinning. So, why do we why do we act like repentance is something to be shunned? Repentance is something we should be running to. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance so we can lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us so we don't have to sit and not even stand so we can run through a troop and leap over a wall and shout hallelujah. (laughs) Forgiveness without repentance, there's no such thing. Salvation without regeneration. A decision is not salvation. When you go through Jack in the Box, you make a decision. Let's do McDonald's, I'm familiar with that one. I didn't get this way looking at it. Texas has more donut shops than any place in the world. And you all have to pray for me because I got some stuff needs to put in the grave. Like Like I got the two major food groups, pizza, donuts, that's it, amen. You make a decision and that's good. It's a wonderful starting point. I made a decision for Christ. Great, what does that mean? All that means is you drew a conclusion after consideration. You thought about your options. You said, yeah, I think I'll make a decision for Jesus. But then you're still hungry. So you pull on up to that little box that you talk into, right? Tell them I'll be with them in a minute. You talk in that box. That's called a confession. So now you've made a decision. And you've even made a confession, I'll have a big Mac. I don't want a little Mac, I want the big one. And a super duper triple fry. And a cook. And a milkshake. And an apple pie. Cause your flesh is crazy. So you made a decision and you made a confession A confession is a legal admission of guilt. Now a lot of folks never get there because there's been no conviction, so there can be no guilt. Next, you're still hungry. So now you take that Big Mac, which is a form of energy, and you convert it to another form of energy That's what happens when you get born again. The old you dies and a brand new you resurrects. Wait, wait, your Bible calls it a new species of being that's never existed before. Is that what happened? Did everything old become new? Did the things you once loved you then despised? Did people look at you and say, there's something different about you? Did you you get enveloped and infused with the presence of God? Or did you just start coming to church? The problem with the modern church is this, we have folks make a decision and then we try to teach them how to be better people. You're not supposed to be a better person, you're supposed to be a new person, a brand new person. The greatest and most underpreached doctrine in the church is this, the words of Jesus. Don't change them. You must be born again. And here's great news. You can be like a brand new mom, a brand new dad, a brand new uncle, a brand new auntie, a brand new son, a brand new daughter, a brand new grandchild, a brand new grandma can go home tonight. And put your head on the pillow as sure for heaven as if you were already there with the old you dead and a brand new you resurrected. Where you're not trying to be better, you just are. Because you got a new man. I, I could preach to you guys for the next seven years. I love you so much. I thank God for you. This church is like the last great hope. You're people whose hearts God has touched. You're different. You're not like everybody else. And here's here's good news. You're going to get better, stronger. You're going to multiply. We're going to fill the earth with people just like you until every hungry belly is full, until every broken spirit, until every wounded heart has had the opportunity for the healing touch of Jesus, not just through Pastor Troy, through you, every one of you and every one of your children. If you want to be a part of it, jump up, Jump up. Don't just stand up. Jump up. Now lift your hands. Lord Jesus, we've sung this song many times. but Perhaps our heart wasn't in it. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust you and in your presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all. My wants and my desires, my dreams, my goals, my plans, my hopes, my future, my tomorrow, my next 15 minutes, when I lay in my head and my pillow tonight, when I rise up in the morning I want the first words out of my mouth to be, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. God, we've taken altars out of the church, not this one, but so many. Make an altar in our heart, make an altar in our home, make an altar in our mind. May we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is a reasonable service. May we be not conformed to this world, made like it, but may we be transformed, differently made by the renewing of our mind in your word. Give us a passion for your word, Jesus. Give us a passion for your presence. Give us a passion for your people. Give us a passion for prayer. Set us on fire. Burn within us, Lord. And may we present to you, even this week, another jewel in the crown of your Savior, of our Savior. Another another baby delivered from hell on earth. Another stomach filled with food so they can hear the gospel. Somebody that's hurting to have their wounds bound up by us, Jesus. Father, I release an anointing of faith upon this great people. Make us greater, God. We cry, Give, 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 give. We're unashamed to ask you to give, fill us, infuse us, envelop us, baptize us, overwhelm us. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you. And everybody that prayed that prayer in a minute, shout a hallelujah at the top of your lungs. (laughs) Well, glory! A fresh baptism, a compulsion to serve an infallible leader with absolute power based on overwhelming truth. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Just lift your hands and worship him for a moment. His presence is so strong upon you right now. Let healing, Come into your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, not made for fornication, not made for sickness and disease. Heal everyone, Lord. Take out every growth and knot and tumor, every lesion and every polyp Let every headache cease now. Every sinus confection be healed. I rebuke and cast out every cancer cell, every leukemia cell, Let blindness go and deafness go. Glorify yourself, Lord. For yourself, do it I pray. And Lord, save our families. Save our families. You've got a family member that doesn't know Jesus. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to. Lift up your hands and shout their names. I don't care if there's 20 of them, shout their names. Point at this altar and call them into the kingdom of God. Break every chain. Loose every burden. Send the influences into their life, including you. I believe God's about to give you the tongue of the learned to speak a word in season to them that are weary. A fresh anointing. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shout, I've got it. I've got it. But tomorrow I want more. Before I go to bed, I want to touch. When I get up in the morning, I want to feel God's presence. I want to feel the love of God flowing through me all day tomorrow. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.